We're in the series, Mind Games. And for a subtopic this morning, I want to talk about aligning for breakthrough. You know, when we think about the church, you know, the scripture tells us that the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. And this morning, I trust you're open to hear what God wants to say to the church of God, to his people this morning, that we might be empowered to change. You know, when we come together, there are several things, I believe, that happen when God's people come together. We celebrate like we've done up to this point. We've celebrated, we've given thanks, we've glorified him. He's been honored by the reverence that we've shown. But we also gain energy when we come together. We gain strength for recharge. We have been out all week long. We've been at the till. We've been doing his bidding. We've been reflecting the love of Christ. We've been uh, operating as salt and light in the earth realm. So we need a recharge. When we come together, it is a time for us to be replenished and be recharged. And then it's also a time for us to gain new strategy for the season ahead. Sometimes the old strategies, the old way of doing things don't work for the new season that we get into. And so we have to come and ask the Lord, Father, what are you saying for me to do this week that I didn't do last week that might bring about impact in the, in the world or to the generation that you've called me? So we have to be open to receive strategies. And then we need to be empowered to go ahead and do his bidding. We need to be empowered to go out with passion and with certainty and do what he wants us to do to make a difference, to make an impact. So again, when we come to church, we're looking to do several things. Not to be entertained, but we've come that the Lord might be glorified. And that there may be a transference that takes place in our lives where we become energized, where we, come, uh, where we gain strategy, and then we're empowered to go out and do what he requires of us to do. So this morning we're going to weave strategies into our message this morning. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord, but I know that there are people who have been frustrated, they've been tired. They're disappointed with their, their growth in the Lord. They're disappointed with where they are and they need answers. And I believe that the God that we serve is a God who responds to the queries of his children. Whenever we have a need, he understands what that need is and he responds. So I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I am glad when they said, let us get, go into the house of the Lord. Why? Am I glad? Why is this a great day to be in the house of the Lord? Because any day above earth is a good day. And where the presence of the Lord is, hallelujah, there are miracles that abound. <clears throat> so because our calling is to be a minister's calling, each one of us have been appointed, anointed by God that once we come into the fold, he said that we should go into the world and make disciples. So each and every one of us this morning is a minister in waiting. Many of us don't know what our position is. Many of us don't understand 
that we're more than spectators in this game that God has called us to. We're more than just bench warmers. We're called to be actively engaged in carrying out his desires here in the earth realm that change may occur. And we'll unfold and unwrap that as we go along. So we are God's representatives here in the earth. And when we come together, things happen. We pray this morning that God's glory will show up. We pray this morning that God's presence will be here in a rich way. That his anointing will flow and he will stir the hearts of his people. That is my expectancy this morning. My expectation is that we will leave differently than when we first came in. I believe that God has the answer to every query and every question that you may have. And I hope you're sensitive to his directives this morning. I hope you won't walk out the same way you came in, but there'll be a change. You know, there are so many of us who go through highs and low, lows emotionally. Our Christian walk is like one of a roller coaster. One day we're up and the next day we're down. See, because of our calling as a minister, our thinking must align with God's word or else we may sell out our future to the enemy or to our emotional whims, to the ups and downs of life. See, God seeks those who can truly represent him in the earth realm today. The Bible tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let us turn to James chapter 1. And let us read from verse 5 through verse 8. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man thinks that he shall receive anything of the Lord, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. God is looking for us to walk in certainty. God is not a God who has uh, favorites. Whatever requirements he has for one, he has that for all. So when you look at your life, have you achieved what you thought you would have by now? When you look at your life, is this where you think you would have been uh, when you looked 20 years or 30 years or 40 years down the road? I'm here to tell you that most of us are somewhat dissatisfied with our lives the way it's been, the way it's turned out. But God is a redeemer of times. That which the locust and the canker worm has stolen, we know that God can redeem and restore us and place us into that perfect place that he's created us to occupy in the first place. So you may see a mess when you look at your life, but God sees a map. God sees the end from the beginning, and he wants you to follow as he leads and directs you down a pathway that leads you into your purpose, into your destiny. You see, when we become Christians... Not only are we converted, as you know, our spirit man is converted, but our soul is yet to be redeemed. When we become a Christian, something else takes place. There is an exchange that takes place. 
We give something up in order to gain something of greater value. My question is, when you came, became a Christian, what are you still holding on to? Have you released into God's hands the things that he wants you to give up so that you might gain the things that he has in store for you that you might be complete, perfect, lacking nothing? See, when we come to the Lord, we exchange our mess for a map. We exchange weakness for strength. We exchange poverty for wealth. We give up the ashes of a ruined past for beauty that comes from the inside as well as the outside. We exchange a spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. We give up our confused minds for the mind of Christ. Have you made that transaction? Have you given up all that you need to in order that God might have his way in your life and he might direct your path the way he wants to? If you have not, this is your day. This is your time to give it all to him that he might change you and make you into the person that he intends for you to be. So in our prayer time this uh, yesterday, uh, we talked about how people have become disgruntled and dismayed and disappointed in uh, their walk because they haven't accomplished or achieved the things that they want to. They keep exercising faith only to be stymied in their walk because there is a boundary or a roadblock that they're confronted with. I don't know if that speaks to you this morning, but I dare say there are many Christians this morning who have prayed and prayed and prayed and they've yet waited and there's no answer that's come. You know, there are two things that we can do with that. We can either get disappointed and step back and go in a different direction, or we can wait before the Lord and say, Lord, your timing a thousand years, maybe like a day and a day like a thousand years, I won't go anywhere until I hear from you. I won't be moved by my circumstances because the final answer comes from you. So I can wait or I can continue to give it all, to search myself, to see whether or not I may be the hindrance to the prayer being answered. Wow, that's a very serious situation because there are times when we get in the way of our own prayers being answered. And so when we come to church, it's important for us to get that strategy as well. If, if, if there is something that's blocking our prayer being answered, then we need to ask the Lord, what is it? And how can I get rid of it? How can I change that, might, that I might access exactly what you have in store for me? I'm here to tell you that as believers, we walk around with bruised heels. You know, Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 talks about the seed of the woman bruising the head of the serpent and the serpent bruising the heel of the woman's child or the woman's children. So we've been walking around with bruised heels and that's the reminder that we don't have all the answers. That's a reminder to us that we're not perfect. That's a reminder to us that we have to depend on someone that is bigger than us to bring us through whatever challenges we may go through and whatever changes um, we may have foisted upon us. See, in America today, we very, many of our, our Christian, many of us Christians are very casual 
about our Christianity. I'm here to tell you that if you're casual, you will become a casualty. <clears throat> but there are many of us who are trained to believe that if even if something negative happens to us, if something bad happens to us, it will automatically turn because our wilderness experience here in America may not be as deep or as wide as somebody else in Africa. So we think that being an American Christian doesn't require us to press in as hard and to be as deliberate as we, we should be compared to other Christians elsewhere. Some of us believe that bad things don't happen to good people such as me. The truth of the matter is that everyone goes through a wilderness experience. If you're not in one right now, you're going into one. So just wait a while and your experience will come. If you're not in one right now, you may have just come out of one. Thank God you did. And we celebrate that with you. And now it's time for you to help your brethren, strengthen your brethren, encourage your brethren that those who are going through might have an expectation or expectancy or hope that my tomorrow will be better than my today. Again, the truth is that everyone goes through a wilderness experience. You know, Israel, we read that Israel went through their experience for 40 whole years. Sometimes we are going through our wilderness experience and it's been one week and we think it's been a generation. <laughs> Jesus went through his wilderness experience amazingly after a high point in his life. He had just been baptized. The spirit of the Lord had descended on him in the form of a dove and God through his powerful voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was a high point in Jesus' life. And right after that, he was thrust into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Man, how would you have reacted if you were on a high and all of a sudden the rug got pulled out from under your feet? You probably would have been broadsided and not even fully aware of what's happening you probably would believe that God had left you and that you're on an island all by yourself. But I hear, I'm here to tell you that Jesus reacted the right kind of way. When he was challenged, when he was tested, <clears throat> he understood who he was because God had affirmed him, this is my beloved son. God is affirming you and you and you because he has brought you out of darkness and placed you into his marvelous light. He says you are a race of elected people. You're a race elect. You're a peculiar people. I've taken you out of darkness and I've placed you into my marvelous light. No longer are you random, rambling around, randomly going here, going there, but now you have direction to your life. So God has put eternity, he has put a plan, he's put a purpose, he's put destiny in your heart, in your life. And that makes you precious in his sight. Yes. That makes you a child of the king. That makes you an overcomer. See yourself from God's perspective. See yourself from heaven down, not from the earth up. Because when you look at things from your perspective, you're not going to like what you see all the time. Yes. When you look at your circumstances, 
You will not like what you see all the time. You will not like the fact that I uh, have some wrinkles on my face. That I have some gray that is starting to show up. That I have some bulges that are popping out here and there. <laughs> you may not like the fact <clears throat> that, uh, that your son or your daughter um, has rebelled against you. You may not like the fact that you're struggling to put food on the table. You may not like any of your circumstances. But when God looks at you, he sees potential. He sees possibilities. He sees a roadmap that will help you to get from where you are to where he intends for you to be. And he's looking for people who are compliant with his word and with his will and with his way. And I trust that we have some compliant people in our house this morning. So Jesus was at a high and there was a suddenly that took place that swept him off his feet. But he understood who he was and he understood what his purpose was. And he stood upon the promises of God's word and he declared, man shall not live by bread alone. Get me behind me, said, and he spoke the word. So when you're challenged and you don't have an answer, there is a word that God has that is welling up in your heart. Speak it into the atmosphere and it will make a difference for you. Even if your circumstance doesn't change, your attitude might. Because now you are reliant not on what you're able to do, but you're relying upon what he is able to do. And we know he can do abundantly more than we can ever imagine. He can do above and beyond our wildest dreams. If we feel that we've been boxed in, we've been limited, we've been restricted, pray to God, speak the word, that there will be a breakthrough that will take place in your life and the restrictive walls will break apart and you will be able to move forward in your purpose and in your destiny. We must decree Declare the decree that God has made. That we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. That we are overcomers. We are champions of the most high God. We have got to speak the word. We have got to stand upon the promises of God's word. Nothing happens by accident. 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 Wow. My wife and I were in a near accident this past Friday. Near accident. You know, it is truly amazing. Whenever something is about to happen, God sends a warning. Now, we're driving, you know, we're minding our own business. We're following the speed limit, not speeding, <laughs> following the speed limit relatively on, on I-45. And I heard screeches coming from the left. And I, I, I actually didn't know where it was coming from, but I, I immediately responded. I slowed down, and I kept looking around, what's happening? There was a car next to me, or a big vehicle next to me. I couldn't see what was happening in the other lane. But all of a sudden, somebody darted from out left and came right across and hit the car right in front of me, right in front of me. And that, that was a truck or a big pickup that had a, a big trailer on it. And I don't know if the trailer was jackknifing or whatever the case was, but I heard screeches. I don't know what was happening. But that came across and slammed into the car right in front of me. And then another vehicle must have been clipped in that whole process. He ended up 
in that car as well. So there were three vehicles just ahead of us that were in an accident. And that tells me something. That tells me that it doesn't matter if you play by the rules. Things happen. You may be serving God. You may be going to church, tithing, doing everything by the books. But things do happen. The other lesson again is that God gives us warnings so that we'll know when things sometimes are about to happen that we might adjust our behavior to cause that thing not to impact us or he warns us so that we might help somebody else who may need to make the adjustment. I don't know what God is saying to you but receive that this morning because I believe that is a strategy, strategy for someone's life. There is an adjustment that needs to be made in order for us to get to the next phase of our lives. You know, God gives us tools in order to access the power that he's made available for us. You know, I think about the fact that he created the first home, which was the Garden of Eden. And man messed it up. And God kicked us out of the garden. And God's uh, response was that I, I want a garden of Eden all over the world, essentially. Uh, where his believers, where his children are, that's where the atmosphere for the garden should be now. It's not any longer in one geographic location. See, God made Israel his first nation, his first people. But they messed up. They were on roller coasters, even though they saw the hand of God move on many occasions on their behalf, they rejected God in preference for Baal and other gods. They gave up the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They gave up Jehovah God. They gave up the creator God in preference for other gods that they could see. That would satisfy their yearnings, their desires, even their sexual appetites. Then God gave kingdom rule to the church. He said, you are the ecclesia. You are the called out ones, the ones who will enforce my authority, who will enforce my rule here in the earth realm. God has called you and I to be legislators for the kingdom. I don't know if that means anything, anything to you, but you are a senator, you are a mayor, you are a governor, you are the president of the sphere that God has called you in, and you have power and authority to, to legislate his rule and to change the atmosphere of the place where you are. Amen. That's a big deal. Amen. We ought to give him praise for that. Amen? See, each one of those first, the first home, a first nation, first rule, was designed by God to represent him here in the earth. But the plan for God to peacefully coexist with man was turned on his head. See, man listened to the voice of a stranger. And believe me, he still does today. John chapter 10 verse 5 tells us very clearly that God hears his voice, the voice of his children. But some of them are listening not to God's voice, but they're listening to the voice of a, a stranger because that stranger's voice may 
satisfy an appetite that they may have. See, what you look at, what you listen to, or what you desire the most, that becomes your precious inspiration for going forward. The loudest voice in your ear usually wins out. The thing that you pay the most attention to usually wins out. The thing that you look at the most or you desire the most usually wins out. It moves you from a place of neutrality, if you would, to a place where you're fully engrossed, where you're fully involved, you're all in. And sad to say that we're all in sometimes in the wrong perspective. So there are times I, I think God has given us a gift, and that is the gift of making a decision. And the word decide has a root, and that is to kill, like suicide, um, infanticide, to kill all other alternatives save one. Once we have evaluated the facts and God has given us the spirit on the inside of us to help us with that process, once we have evaluated those facts, then we can make a decision. We can take a stance on one thing or the other. My question to you is, are you all in? Or are you in limbo? Have you made a decision that this is the way and I'm going to walk in it? This is the voice and I'm going to listen to it. I'm not going to pay attention to anything else because it is merely a distraction. We have to decide. Why do we allow people to make decisions for us? I'm thinking about on the political scene. Why is it that sometimes we listen to what others say and we're moved by what they're saying and not by our evaluation of the situation? Why is it that we allow people... To, to, uh, to educate our children when their values are different than ours? Why is it that we take jobs that don't satisfy or that are contrary to some of the beliefs that we have? Why? Is it because we do not trust God or is it because we feel that God has gone silent and therefore we have to take the bull by the horn and do what needs to be done? We have to decide yeah, we must decide, but we have to filter it through our knowledge and our relationship that is pure with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to have a pure relationship with him. So God has called the church to be his representatives here in the earth realm. He has called the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones to enforce his authority here in the earth realm. And there are three items that I want to talk about real quickly. And the first one is the kingdom has got to engage the enemy in warfare. The church has got to engage the enemy in kingdom warfare. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting spiritual wars. We're fighting battles that require us to be super connected with a father who understands and knows all, and he is a winner by any measure. So the fact of the matter is that it's important for us to understand that the warfare that we're in requires us to cast down imaginations and anything that elevates itself against the knowledge of God. It's, an, it's important for us to know that we're not warring against our neighbor, but there are spiritual things that need 
spiritual things that need to be spoken to, to be bound, to be loosed, and we have the power and the authority to do so because we're operating in kingdom warfare. That's part of what has been granted to us, kingdom warfare. Let us war like kingdom soldiers. The second king is kingdom worship. This is where we make room for the creator God to come in and sweep over our souls and refresh us. We worship him because that is our responsibility. When we worship him, his presence is magnified. He's enlarged. He take on our uh, responsibilities and things happen when we worship him. We have to understand the power of kingdom worship. We have to understand the power of kingdom rule. Again, this is where God has given us authority to represent him here in the earth. And as believers, it's important for us to know that the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world and everything that is in it. Uh, a Psalm 24.1 tells us that. He also tells us that we are radical believers and we must learn how to, uh, to evict the intruders and the squatters that are occupying the high places and are disrupting our progress toward breakthrough. We have to be radical in our, in our stance. We have to be radical in our reaction. We have to be radical as we evict the intruders, the ungodly intruders, the demonic intruders and the squatters that are occupying the high places and are disrupting our progress towards breakthrough. 